Well, last week, we finished out what was a multi-week run on the Beatitudes. How fun was that? I think so often with the Beatitudes, what happens is that we look at them simply as a to-do list or maybe even a set of rules that we are to follow. And let's just be honest, there's nothing wrong with rules. There's nothing wrong with a to-do list. But as Jesus continues to preach, what we're going to see more and more is that it's about the heart behind those things. Rules can be boundaries. We all need boundaries. To-do lists can help us accomplish what we, have been, we are responsible for doing. With the right heart, those things can lead us to live out in a new way, what it means to be a Christ follower. We're going to go into another section of this Sermon on the, on the Mount and remember that Jesus' sermon was not delivered in an hour or even two hours. This is likely over a period of several days where Jesus is talking about what it means to be his follower. And as we've talked about, is he is resetting a lot of things. And those things are important. In fact, right now, as we go into these two metaphors that he shares, salt and light, these two stories of two things that are very tangible to people, very relevant to people, not only in that time, but also for us now, is that in those two metaphors... Jesus begins to make a shift, and it's a shift from these blessings of God that we find in the Beatitudes over to responsibilities. Now, I know human nature pretty well from being around people a lot and also knowing my own is that what we tend to like to do is just stay in the blessings. But the fullness that Christ wants us to live means that we also have to look at the responsibilities. Because I think like most things in life is when we begin to understand the responsibilities and fulfill those, that's when we truly receive the blessings. In other words, it's not just what can you get out of it. We're going to look at these two stories today, and as we spend some time doing that, remember that Jesus is now getting ever so closer to embarking into the body of this sermon. The Beatitudes was really just the introduction. And 13 through 16, salt and light, really is an emphasis about what the Beatitudes really are all about. Here's what you need to remember. The Beatitudes are to share. We look at the Beatitudes often and we would look at them and say, okay, I can do this, I want to do this, or I really want to develop this, and da-da-da-da-da. And we think about how that helps me how that helps you individually. That's a good thing, but that's not the full intention of it. The Beatitudes have a very distinct purpose, and it's not just to make us people that can check off a list. The Beatitudes have the purpose of allowing us to live into the full nature of who we are, and we are the kingdom of God people. We are a kingdom of God people, and salt and light, thank you for light, um, does a lot 
and helping us understand what it means to be a kingdom of God people. Jesus says, right at the beginning of this passage, and we pastors talk about this all the time. Those of you who have studied God's word at all, you realize that the verse numbers and the breaks from the last paragraph and all that kind of stuff um, and a new title, that wasn't originally in Scripture. Those were all added to help us, and they do help us. But we can't forget that Jesus is walking through this and there wasn't some big pause. Now I'm going to talk about salt and light. No, he moved right into it. And what he says right away, you are the salt of the earth. And in the next paragraph, you are the light of the world. Now you all know enough about me, if you've been around here at all, is I talk a lot about identity. Because I think identity is something we fail to acknowledge sometimes or are shifted away from as the people of God. I mean, think about it. You you come to church on a Sunday morning and it's easy to feel like the people of God, isn't it? I mean, you look around this room and see several hundred other people. You know, there were uh, about a hundred people in the first service and people are gathered and people are talking and, and it doesn't mean that we're all happy and fake. No, sometimes we're struggling with stuff, but there's something good about being together as the people of God and you feel it. But all of you know, when you walk out that door, it can feel so different. One of the questions I used to get so often as a youth pastor was, Dan, you know, when I'm at church and we're studying and we're, you know, we're even playing games together and doing all kinds of things that youth do as they learn to follow Christ, boy, I, I feel like a Christian. But I tell you, when I go to school on Monday morning, I feel everything but. Yeah, I know there's a few people in the youth group that go to school with me, but I'm in not any classes with them, and I know there's a few people that I'm in classes with that go to some other churches, but I tell you, I feel so alone. I don't feel like a Christian. One thing I've learned as I've gotten older and experienced a little bit more life, and I've spent, as I've spent time with you all in life, those things don't go away. Instead of school, it's work. Or our neighborhood. There's times we just don't feel like Christians. And it's not that we don't want to be Christians, but it's hard because, as we talked about last week, is that we're persecuted when we stand for Christ. And so, so often it's easy just to kind of get comfortable or get a little lazy or maybe even a bit disobedient with Christ. Because we always don't have people right around us that are cheering us on. Jesus knew that happened. It happened then. And that's why he says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And what he's saying is, that's who you are. It's not just about a label. It's not walking around with a Christian t-shirt. You as a person, if you have accepted Christ, received what he did on the cross to pay for your sins, you are a Christian. And a Christian is not a label. It is a label, but it's so much more. It's a life. It's a lifestyle. And so regardless of whether we feel like we're Christians from time to time, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world. It's our nature. 
It's kind of like with salt and light is that it can't be anything else. I mean, looking over at that lamp over there, it, 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 there's light coming from it. It, it can't be a chair. It would be a little dangerous if you tried to use it for that. It's light. Light is light. Salt is salt. So useful in so many ways. It's what they were. People didn't have a hard time understanding what salt and light were. They knew what it was used for. They saw all the good things about it. You as Christians are representatives of the kingdom of God. Now, as your pastor, one of your pastors is that there's always a balance we try to find with encouraging you and challenging you with Scripture. But I know for me that there are times when I hear, Dan, you're a representative of the kingdom of God. Oh, my goodness, what in the world am I going to do with that one? It's not that we don't want to be, I hope. It's that we don't know how to be. Or we tried and we failed, and so we, we feel like we've got a mark against us, and, and so that, yeah, well, you're kind of a Christian. You kind of do this. You kind of do that. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You can't get rid of it. You shouldn't get rid of it. It's who you are. As much as that light is a light, you as a Christian are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. So we are representatives. We are distinctive, not in an arrogant way, but we have a very specific purpose now that we know Jesus Christ. It's not one to be taken lightly. It is a responsibility. It is something that involves being and doing together. And when one of those gets out of balance, everything falls apart. But you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You're not always going to feel like it. But you are. You still are, no matter how defeated you might feel. But remember that when we start to feel those things, we think a lot about us and we don't think about Christ. Do we ever doubt that Christ really is Christ? No. He's Jesus. He's our Lord. He's our Savior. And while we are not Jesus, we are not God, is that in receiving and accepting Him, we are the kingdom of God people. And don't you forget it. Jesus uses salt and light in these two stories. And he says, I want you to be in, as he prays in John 17, I want you to be in the world, but not of the world. And so this morning, perhaps part of what God is leading all of us to consider is are we more of than in? Have we spent too much time being careless about our identity as the people of God? I know we don't mean to. I know we don't necessarily want to, but it happens, doesn't it? What I love about Jesus' words is that he doesn't beat around the bush. He doesn't kind of talk around. He says, you're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. And let me just tell you what that means. That means a couple things. It means that we are the kingdom of God people. And that should shape and change our perspective on everything. Everything in your lives, 
Everything should be shaped by the fact that you are part of the kingdom of God if you've accepted Jesus. If you have not and you're here this morning, I pray that you will take that step today before we finish worship. But for those of us who have made that decision, we have sat where you're sitting this morning if you haven't. We've all felt the fears and concerned about what that looks like. Well, I'm going to give you a picture. Jesus is going to give you a picture of what it is. And those of you who already know what it is, I want to remind you. I want to remind you that we're the kingdom of God people. That means we represent the kingdom in all of our frailties and all of our weaknesses and all the ways that we think we're not worthy. But I'm here to tell you, you are the salt of the earth. Nobody can take that away from you. You are the light of the world. Don't you dare let this world deny you of that. No matter how beaten, no matter how full of flaws you are, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And that means some things. One of the things it means is it means that we must interact with others. Salt, by nature, is an interactive agent. When you put salt on something, it interacts with the chemicals in a food to give it flavor. When you put it on ice, it interacts with that frozen water to melt it. When you put it salt on meat, it preserves it because it kills bacteria. Salt is not salt by itself unless it's interacting with something. Think about that. A Christ follower, a Christian as the salt of the earth is not a Christian if it's not interacting with others. Look at this passage of Scripture. I'm going to read from Colossians 4, 5. This is actually in the New Living Translation. I really like how this is worded. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. When we commit to follow Jesus Christ, part of our commitment, whether we recognize it or not at the time, part of our commitment is that our faith is not just ours. Our life being shaped by Jesus Christ, the work of the Holy Spirit in us, is not simply for us. We are a people that must be with other people. People that don't share our same views about things, people that don't share the truth that we know in Christ. But none of that excuses us from not being salt and light. Just as salt is an interactive agent, light also is something that absolutely penetrates and engages everything around them. Pastor Josh took the wonderful illustration and demonstration of turning all the lights off and turning one light on like last year sometimes, so he stole that for me, so I'm not going to do it again, but imagine. We all know even in a very dark room, you, you light a lighter or a match, it begins to pierce through very dark spaces. Jesus says in this passage of Scripture, talks about a city on a hill. When you build a city on a hill, there is a sign of assertiveness there. In other words, if, if you want a quiet, private, secluded life, you don't build a city and live in a city on a hill. Because a city on a hill 
is a city of a place of people who say, we want to be engaged in all that's around us. It's not like a holler. Any Kentuckians? Okay. Don't deny it. Embrace it. Okay? It's all good. Now, this is not a commentary about Kentuckians who live in hollers, but, but a holler is one of those places kind of down in between the mountains and kind of in the valley. If you live in a holler, you're not necessarily interested in engaging with a whole lot of people. Again, it's not a commentary on Kentuckians. People live in hollers, and that's a good thing. The point is, is as Christians, our spiritual lives are not to be lived out in hollers. Our spiritual lives are to be lived out as a city on a hill, ready and willing, not arrogantly, not, not boastfully, but to say, I am a follower of Jesus Christ, and I believe in that, and I believe all that means. And so what that means is I'm not afraid to engage others. I'm not afraid when someone disagrees with me greatly to have a conversation. It's in our job description, church. Our lives have to touch other lives. Otherwise, I don't believe we're living into what it means to be salt and light, to be a Christian. I know it's hard Some of you face things every day that I could never imagine. Some of you truly live out persecuted lives because you're standing for your faith. And the thought of engaging more people as active agents is pretty overwhelming. Jesus never said, you be salt and you be light and let me know how it works out for you. He says that knowing that the one we follow, him, gives us all we need. All the strength, all the equipping, all the emotional, intellectual, social ability that we need when we rely on Christ. There should not be in this body of believers ever the language of where we come and huddle. Of where we get away from the world. My friends, we're not to get away from the world. Do we need to come together at times like this? Absolutely. And we should do it more. But I tell you, we are not created to be the body of Christ to always be in church. No, we are created to be the body of Christ to be the church. And you can only be the church to a certain degree here. As good as it feels, as wonderfully encouraging as it is, it's such a shallow understanding of what it means to be salt and light. I want us to be a church where we don't have a language that only insiders get. I don't want us to be a church where we have huddled, where we have secluded, where we have isolated, but I want us to be a church that is known in this community because we have engaged people in this community Not to just prove that they're wrong and we're right, but to love them and care for them. And what I have loved about this church for so many years is that this church is full of people like that. But let me tell you, we're not done. In fact, we have never come into this time of history. We know the issues that we face as a church. We know the issues that are happening in this world. The last thing we need to do is hunker down and try to hide from it in a bubble. 
We are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. So here's what we're going to do. One tangible thing we're going to do as a church. May 21st, 2017, about two months away, we are going to do something that I don't believe, and those of you that have been around a long time, you may correct me, I don't believe we've ever done this. We are not going to worship in our church building on Sunday morning as we normally do. And no, we're not going out to the front yard. That's fun. No, we're going across the street. On May 21st, January, I don't know where that came from. May 21st, we are going to worship together with another church, the First Church of God here in Eaton. We're going to gather on a Sunday morning, and we're going to have a worship service together. And we're going to have a worship team that's going to be a combination of people from First Church of God, people from Eaton Church of the Brethren. We're going to have a, a congregation together that is going to fill that place over there. And the reason we're doing that is because we are going to come together, not only as the people of God, but we have something else we're going to do that day. We're going to have a brief worship service And then one of two things are going to happen. For some, for most, we are going to head out into this community. And we are going to serve. It's going to be a spring cleaning through Eaton. That's going to be made up of some single family, senior adult residences that the HIT Foundation is giving us so that we are going to go and we're going to do spring cleanup. We're going to invade in a very loving way. We're going to invade their homes. We're going to clean their yards. We're going to, we're, we're, we're going to spruce up. We're going to trim trees, trim bushes, landscape perhaps. And so our goal, Pastor Jonathan and I, our goal is that between these two churches is that we have over 300 people, and I absolutely hope you blow that number out of the water, 300 people that are going to invade the city of Eaton, and we're going to do it because we're going to serve. We're not going to be afraid to go and engage this community. It's just one thing. It's really not that hard. For those of you that are unable physically to go out, we want you to be deeply involved in this. And so you are going to have perhaps the most important role. And you are going to remain over there at the Performing Arts Center. And you with others are going to gather around. And we're going to have a a time of prayer where we are praying over this city. We're going to pray for the officials. We're going to pray for people that, that others are serving. And we're going to pray that the love of Christ is known in this community. None of this is done so we can go, ooh, look at us. But it is going to be done because we want people to know we're not afraid to interact. You all know the most segregated hour in the nation each week. Right now. So one Sunday out of a year, this year, 2017, we're not going to have worship here. I know that's frightening to some of you. I know some of you may already have checked out. I want to tell you this. Don't stay home. I beg you, don't stay home. I know your hearts, and I know you want to see Christ glorified. Let me tell you, this is one super simple way to do that. It's not going to solve everything, but I tell you, it's going to build some bridges, and that's what we got to do we got to continue to do that. Not because we have a bad name in the community, but we all know what the entire world thinks about the church, and it's not getting prettier. It's getting uglier. 
There's no better way, simple way, quite honestly, than for us just to get out of here and go do in a time when they expect us all to come in. No, we're going to go out. So we're going to worship together with First Church of God. We're going to serve together. And here's my dream. Here's the dream of Jonathan and I. Is that next year, more churches. And the following year, more churches. And that before we know it, the church in Preble County takes one Sunday of year and they go and they invade all of the communities in this county and they serve. You serve. Well, we don't agree on this and we don't. Jesus Christ said, you are the salt and you are the light. And we want to provide a very practical way to do that on a Sunday morning. You're going to hear lots more as we move forward. What I want you to do right now is to pray your role in interacting and engaging the community. That's what I want you to pray for. One of the things somebody shared with me this morning said, I heard a sermon one time about salt and light, and it was called the salty light bulb. (laughs) Okay. And she said to me, she said, we learned a lot about what salt does, what it is, and a lot about what light does and what it is. But she said, I walked away from that message, and she said, I had no idea really from that message what that had to do with being a Christian. Here's what it has to do with being a Christian. Salt and light are used, these metaphors are used because of the fact that both salt and light is very beneficial. It not only interacts, it's beneficial. And so what that means for salt, salt is a basic fundamental good thing. Who doesn't like a little salt on the food to bring some flavor? We all do, even when the doctors say no. There's something about salt that brings life. It's a seasoning agent. That is who you are to be. That's who I am to be as a Christian. No matter what people think of us, that's not who we are. We are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. And so we have a distinct flavor for God's values. doesn't mean we know it all. It doesn't mean we have it all figured out. It means, though, that we've got something. And it is Christ that is in us. And that should make us distinctive. That should make us attractive to some degree. And I'm not talking your looks. Read with me or look with me. Colossians 4, 6. New Living Translation. Very practical example of this. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive. The NIV NIV says seasoned with salt so that you will have the right response for everyone. Gracious and attractive. Is that what people think when they talk to you? Sometimes we say, oh, i got to bite my tongue, but sometimes we don't bite our tongue until we have already said what we shouldn't have said. I've heard Christians say this before. Well, I'm sorry, but I just said it the way I said it, and that's just who I am. I think the better thing for us to think about as Christians is that 
a reflection of who Jesus Christ is. Don't excuse talk that is not beneficial. Don't excuse behavior because you were forced to do it because the circumstances were so bad and I just couldn't help myself. Yeah, you make mistakes, I make mistakes, and we need to confess those. But church, salt and light is beneficial. Anytime you've ever walked into a room and flipped on a light switch and, and kept yourself from tumbling across the floor because there was light, you know the benefit of light. Anytime you've eaten some really bland flu- food and you have a little salt to put on it, you know the benefit of salt. That's who we are to be. Because as light, we make visible by illumination, not our own, but by the illumination that Christ gives us. You say, well, Dan, I'm not sure what this looks like. I'm not sure how to do this. Okay, this is, this is probably the easiest thing you're going to do all day. Go back a few verses. So what does it mean to be beneficial? Be merciful, beatitude. What does it mean to be beneficial? Be poor in spirit, humble. That's why Jesus gave us the Beatitudes, to live out our lives as salt and light. It's not good works that bring us notice. It's good works that glorify God. I want to read a quote on the screen from Michael Youssef, who is a a teacher and author. He says, Every day we are surrounded by people groping around in the darkness, separated from the God who loves them, God uses his children like beacons from a lighthouse to show the way to him. That's how you're beneficial. See, you're beneficial because Jesus is in you as a Christ follower. Don't take that lamp and hide it. That's that's ridiculous to even think out about, isn't it? Why would we turn on a lamp and not want light? Why would we be a Christian and not share Jesus? I know we get nervous and figure out and we try to find methods and, 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 and checklists to do that. I'm telling you, share what Jesus has done in you. Your unique, beautiful, majestic story that only God could get a hold of. You, share it. But sometimes realize that sharing is way down here and you're starting here with somebody. See, that's what a Christian does. A Christian shows patience and shows love and doesn't get angry. And when we do, we step back and we say, I need you to know I was out of line. I'm very sorry. That did not reflect my Jesus. Dan, that's hard. It takes so much time. I've got so many other things to do. You have nothing else more important to do than to be the salt and the light. And you know what I realized in my life? The more I'm salt and light, the more I'm salt and light, the more joyful I am. When I know I should be sharing the light with somebody or being the salt from somebody for somebody, boy, that builds tension in my life. I know it's scary. We want to be beneficial. That's why we're not just going to worship together. We're going to serve together as two churches. 
We want to be beneficial. We were meeting with the city the other night, a couple city officials, a city manager, and, and uh, uh, Pastor Jonathan and I and a couple of guys that came with me, and Ginger from Roth from the Hit Foundation was there. And it was just funny because the city's like, so as we're talking about it, and we kind of just said, uh, anything else? <laughs> so they're brainstorming on the spot to think of other things that we can do. They were so excited. And I'm thankful to Pastor Jonathan and the, and the Church of God for, for kind of kickstarting this last year. And that's why I'm like, we've got to be a part of this. A salty light bulb can miss the point of what it means to make a difference for Christ. We can interact with others. We can be beneficial to others for the sake of a good cause. But what we must do more than anything to pull all of that together as the kingdom of God people is that we have to make a difference for Christ. I was walking through praying this morning. This is one of those things that came to mind and I'll give the Lord credit for it. And I tell you, I was like, I don't want to say that. I got to say it. He said to me, he said, do you sometimes want people to become Christians just because it makes your life easier? Do we want people around us to become Christians just to make our life easier? No. It's making a difference for eternity in the kingdom. Is it helpful? Is it good? Is it wonderful to see people we know and love come to Christ? Absolutely. In fact, I find myself praying more than ever for people that I know that don't know Christ. But I tell you, if my goal is just to get them to be Christians so it's easier for me, them becoming Christians won't make it any easier for me. Let's be passionate about the kingdom, church. Let's be passionate just as salt points to things like bacteria. When salt is applied to a meat, it preserves because it kills the bacteria. In other words, it opposes falseness. That's what we have to do as the church in a loving, caring way. But that's how we make a difference for Christ. Just as light makes things visible and penetrates the darkness, we also have to drive out falseness. The world's not going to do that. It's on its own. That's why God created the church. One last verse I want to share with you. John 8, 12. And this really pulls everything together and must be a reminder for us and the source of why we are salt and light. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You are carrying light as a follower of Jesus. You're carrying light. Don't hide it. As you get confused and trying to figure out what that looks like, start with the Beatitudes, but talk to others around you, many in this church who have been salt and light for years. Thank you for being faithful. For those of us that are still trying to figure this out, it's not about perfection, church, but it's also not about laziness. It's not about being comfortable. I know you got enough to do. I've got enough to do, but does any of it matter if we're not salt and light? No, it doesn't. 
And so as you think about this, as you think about salt as a preservative, as you think about salt as something that adds flavor, as you think about light that makes things visible and penetrates darkness, I want you to think right now. I'm going to ask you to think about what's one situation, one relationship, one circumstance in your life that you believe God is saying, you are the salt, you are the light that you need to address this very week. I know you all know this. You've heard this scripture before. But what are we going to do about it? So I want you to just think for a moment. I want us to be a church. That whether people come here or not, they say, that's a loving group of people on mission to build the kingdom of God. Well, church, unchurched people aren't going to know that. Why not? I look in this room. I look through first service. And I can't tell you how excited I get about the potential of this body of believers. But I am here to tell you, we are going to be a church of salt and light. That's what God has used in the past. That's what God's going to continue to use. But I want to say, it's time for some to pick up the torch. For those of you who have been carrying it, thank you. Keep carrying it. Don't pass it off and be done. Help us learn how to carry it. For those of you that say, well, I just don't have time or it's just not a season of life. I'm not mature enough. I don't know enough. Jesus is the light of the world, and he's given that to you as a Christ follower. Share it. We are the salt of the earth, and we are the light of the world. Let's not deny it. Father, thank you for who you are. Thank you for your son, Jesus. God, I pray for those here this morning that you bring to mind very specifically what step you'd like them to take to live out more fully salt and light. And God, as the fear set in, as the question set in, Lord, I pray that you would equip them as I know you already have, but assure them that you, Jesus, are the light of the world, and it is through you in us that we can be that. God, I pray for this community. I pray for the people this morning that never think about God. People that perhaps were a part of a church at one point in their life, and they just see no use for being a part. God, burden us with those people. Burden us to the point that we're not afraid to get out of our little zone. God, I thank you for the faithful in this body. Thank you for their love and their care. The champions that have allowed this church to be a part of this community. But God, we want to ramp it up. We want to be salt and we want to be light. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.